welcome to Indonesia Digital Deconstructed, where we break apart and dive deep into the different parts of the Indonesian tech scene to get an insider's look into how each space is evolving. Leveraging off our research, proprietary insights, and working with leading entrepreneurs, we'll bring you the insider's view of the industry as we navigate our way around one of the world's fastest growing tech scenes. everyone. I'm Lauren Blasco, Principal and Head of ESG at AC Ventures. Today, we begin a fresh series focused on impact and ESG in Indonesia's digital economy. AC Ventures recently established the nation's first quantifiable ESG standards with its debut report, Scaling Impact with Technology, produced in partnership with Boston Consulting Group and supported by the Upright Project. With this in mind, I'm very pleased to welcome Sano. He's the founder and CEO of Waste for Change, a leading waste management platform for companies, individuals, and government agencies in Indonesia. The firm's mission since its 2014 inception has been to reduce the amount of waste that ends up in Indonesia's landfills. Currently, Waste for Change is present in more than 21 Indonesian cities, managing more than 8,000 tons of waste per year. It has collected waste from more than 117 business to business clients and over 3,450 households. Since 2017, it has grown at a combined annual growth rate of 55%. They've recently raised $5 million in funding, co-led by AC Ventures. Lano is based in West Java, where he oversees the operation at large. Lano, welcome to the show. Could you give us a bit of a background on yourself and how you came to start Ways for Change? What drew you to the idea and what specific challenges is your team addressing? Personally, I grew up in a small uh, hometown uh, in Banyuwangi, the eastern part of Java. When I'm graduate from high school, of course, I need to see my future uh, because I'm Muslim. I'm praying to God, where is my future? And after I'm praying, I'm watching a television. There is a news about waste problem in Jakarta. Suddenly, I realized that is the code, the, the signal, or the message that I need to understand. And, and also inside of me, I have this interesting and energy to be part of the solution about waste. And then uh, I'm looking for the university guidance book. Uh, I'll search then there is a waste management study in environmental engineering. So since then, my life is dedicated to solve waste problem. So start from my academic background, after graduate from the university, I'm starting my venture from Greeneration Indonesia, how to solve environmental problem with a good perspective and also using entrepreneurship as a vehicle to create a bigger impact. And one of the idea is how to create a service to solve a very complex problem about waste and we are starting with fortunes. And I think one of the most challenges if we are talking about ways in Indonesia that we are facing as a team is the governance, Lauren, because we already uh, many times doing a lot of initiative and understanding on the field. We believe that technology is not the problem. There is already abundance of option of technology to solve ways. But the challenge is governance. Number one is the regulation that we need to enforce 
uh, we need to help the government to enforce the regulation. Number two is clear partnership among stakeholders. And number three, uh, the research uh, that we find out is using the word crucially, crucially financing arrangement. If we want to solve waste problem, we still need a good business model and also financing arrangement, mostly on the operation side. I think that's the biggest challenge that we are facing is the governance. Thank you for sharing that. And when you when you talk about financing, is it financing that's subsidized by the government for the waste collection, or is it financing for the, the people that are using your services? Number one, we believe part of the problem in Indonesia is because uh, there is not enough uh, resources to solve waste problem with a sustainable and compliance manner. So the way they do it, just collect and dump. And that's creating problem because they are dumping into the open dumping landfill. The landfill is not treated. There is no sanitary operation there. We are just uh, moving the problem, not solving the problem from the household, from the office, and then transfer to this open dumping because the budget to operate is too low. Uh, and this is because there is no standard and also regulation and law enforcement from the government to create and push the agenda for a sustainability operation. So I think the problem for the financing is mostly about how to create an ecosystem that the society understand we need to pay at a proper amount and fair mechanism if we generate our own waste. So because if we are talking financing on building the infrastructure from uh, capex uh, or or create the technology. I see a lot of uh, institutional financing that ready to help build the infrastructure. So it's it's not problem or uh, on the capex side, but it's the problem on the feasible opex side to operate. Thank you for that. For those of you who don't know already, can you give a bird's eye view of the main waste problem in Indonesia? What are the differences? today versus 10 years ago? For your information, in 2005, it means around 17 years ago, we have a landslide on our landfill and killed around 140 people buried under the waste, that landslide. So that's a uh, uh, a portrait of our waste management system. Very chaotic, very messy, and even it's very dangerous for the society. And it happened in Indonesia. So we see that the way waste management happened in Indonesia only collect and dump in the landfill, creating a new high mountain that really dangerous and very easy to landslide. Indonesia generate 175 thousand tons of waste per day Jakarta only people Jakarta only generate 8,000 tons of waste per day every two day we can build one Candi Borobudur that's the huge of problem of waste in Indonesia and we only shifting it or move to the landfill and now if we see now today I believe there is significant change on the awareness on the attention and also the willingness to change is really become very active 
in the last five years. So I think because the problem become more visual, Lauren, in the river, there is waste, in the, our ocean become waste, and we create a new mountain in the landfill. So those pressing everyone, including government, including the society, that we need to do something. So in the last five years, there is a lot of regulation that already established by the government. And I see that we already on the right direction. So the difference between 10 years ago compared to now, the willingness to change is higher. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that one. With companies like yours, um, do you think that this willingness to change has become more or greater for that matter because of awareness and because of educational uh, platforms to educate the, the society at large around changing their own behaviors, as well as having access, 24-7 access on our, on our mobile devices? Do you think that that's helped speed up the change where it's more visible and you know, companies like your, your, yours is educating population and, and doing programs around behavior change. Yes, I think every initiative is related to each other. If there is a problem every year, in, in example, in Bali, every December, January, February, there is a lot of waste in the beach because uh, the wind, uh, the wave and everything pushing the uh, waste ocean to the shore, the media cover the story and everyone know, everyone understand that we facing a very big problem. Number two, the program of the government. They also create many campaign, uh, education and everything. And also us as a company, as a, a private sector, even in our core business model, we have a strategic business unit that on the project, we do a campaign. We are a selling campaign services. We are collaboration. We are collaborate with international institutions like World Bank, GIZ, JICA. We are doing project on behavior change. And also we are working with a private sector company, corporate, all big brand that willing to see the change. They also collaborate with our services, the campaign services, to do a lot of activity on Behavior change, it can be a digital activation, it can be community development, it can be a training to school, to a household and everything. So yes, we also part of this ecosystem pushing the agenda of behavior change. Yeah, that's that's really great. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the, the progression has gone so much more in, in terms of awareness. In my previous experience at Potato Head, um, one of the areas of focus was waste separation. Working in Indonesia now for almost seven years um, and working at different hospitality groups, one of the things is you don't get to choose your waste collector. It's kind of, they go to tender and it's assigned to you. How do you collaborate with the other waste collectors in terms of waste separation and best practices? I think there is two strategy from our side. Uh, number one, if the situation and the policy or the government strategy are very open for private sector like us to do some services. It's very easy for a society like a restaurant, like a potato head to choose waste for change. So what we do, we are creating our services and also our facility for sorting and also creating the value from waste. Number one, we collect ourselves. 
from our client directly and then send to our facility to be sorted more detailed and become a new material to be sent in the factory that need this material to be their uh, resources. And then the other way is we are working with the existing player. So we use their vehicle to collect on behalf of us, creating a standard SOP and everything to meet the requirement of sustainability and compliance. And they will send the waste to our facility. So that's the, the way we are working. We are using the existing player to see the possibility for partnership because we are a believer of SDGs number 17, partnership, collaboration. The problem too, 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 too big and too difficult to solve alone. So we need a partnership. What are your thoughts around Indonesia's waste management performance to more developed markets? or even other emerging markets. Is there a specific market that Indonesia should seek to emulate? We need to see two metrics, Lauren. Number one is collection rate, how we already reach 100% collection rates. Number two is recycling rate or treatment rate. So in an advanced country like Europe, United States, they already established mostly they can reach 100% collection rates. Every household, Every building, they already have a collection services. So that's the biggest difference from developing countries like Indonesia, Philippines, uh, Vietnam. The collection rates still below 60%. So that's the challenge. It means there is several of waste that uncollected. This uncollected become problem. They can leakage to the environment, go to the river, go to the ocean. That's become problem or it's just dumped illegally or burn, open burning. Number two, the treatment rate or recycling rate. So there is still huge gap that we need to catch up to increase, number one, the collection rate. Number two, the recycling rate. And we're seeing more and more like alternative materials enter the market that are classified as, as compostable um, or bioplastic. What is your view on this, um, considering that unless it's compostable, you know, separated or and it still has the same type of treatment going to the landfill. Does it really make that big of a difference using these type of materials versus uh, traditional plastic? Yeah, I believe every century have their own story and their own innovation. Yeah, uh, and in waste management, we need to understand the composition of waste. Yeah, in Indonesia, like organic waste is around sixty percent. Uh, food waste 45%, then green waste 15%. So this compostable plastic and everything, it will be shifting the plastic from biofuel into the organic component because they are using cassava and everything. So the composition will be different. So every year, I believe that we need to be very relevant with the situation even the usage of power bank, I believe in every year, maybe we buy two because it's already broken one or missing missing the power bank. So we need to be understand what is the composition uh, buyer. Yeah, if, if we are talking about the innovation on reducing plastic into more compostable, I believe there is, there is a, a good purpose and a good intention on it. But we need to also talk each other to understand if you create a change to be compostable, is it in Indonesia already have a facility, industrial composting facility, 
to absorb this kind of material. Yeah, the, the collaboration needs to be there because if you introduce new materials that the infrastructure isn't there to absorb, it kind of uh, that doesn't totally make sense. What is the single uh, most important piece of data that stakeholders in this industry need to wrap their heads around? I think uh, if we are talking about waste uh, and talking about circularity and circular economy, one thing that we advocate in Indonesia context, we are talking about recycled content. We want to push the agenda to the government and the society that we need a policy and also pushing this that every product that we produce should have a recycled content. Now, let's zoom in on the nuts and bolts of your operation. How does your tech platform work? How is it important to your operation? And what are the specific methods used by your team to manage waste more responsible? What's the journey of the waste itself? Okay, we are using a work of technology divided by two. Technology to solve the waste itself. It means a machinery, a sorting technology, a sorting machine, and the other word technology creating data. It means using internet, IoT, data-driven and everything. So we, we use these two. Number one, how we can create a more smart logistic because on the waste, the price is depend also from the logistic cost because it's a transporting the waste, right? But what we also more investing that the other don't invest is talking about the digitalization, the technology. Why currently, Lauren, every country and every corporate, they have a very ambitious goal to set up net zero emission, to read circular economy, uh, to create a zero waste and everything. It means if they have a very concrete uh, target and data, Waste Fortune is uh, the first in Indonesia context are offering waste credit or plastic credit. Similar concept with carbon credit that the corporate, uh, they can offset their carbon. In plastic credit and waste credit, the corporate, they can offset their waste packaging footprint. So if we do this, we need data. So what we are providing is how we create this platform to identify all the traceability. Where is the waste come from? What is the composition? What we are treated? And what is the sustainability and the compliance that all the value chains already provided? Every evidence will be recorded well, and we create a report. So those what waste fortunes do. So, so when you're when you're doing the traceability from from collection to managed to recycled on the plastic, and and you're introducing this new product to create plastic credits, who's the beneficiary of that? Does that plastic credit then get credited to the corporate once once that plastic is recycled? So this problem cannot only rely on the market per se. So we need to create a very innovative financing. One of it is a plastic credit. So yes, we have a client that they want to buy the plastic credit from us, a contract one year, let's say 500 ton. Hey, uh, Waste for Change, please help us to collect this multi-layer packaging. It can be from the river or please stop this multi-layer packaging not entering the river. So within this traceability, if we meet the 500 ton, we will charge the company to pay us for the operation. 
while we're talking about kind of financing, um, maybe you could share a bit more with us, like how does Waste for Change make money? Um, to the extent that you're able to share, can you give us a ballpark of your sense of costs and services um, for, for Waste for Change? Yeah. To have a better understanding about us, we have three business units. Number one is consultation. Yeah, we have a strategic services business unit. So we have a contract to create a master plan, a study, research, and everything. It's similar like many consultation. I believe this is we have like 35 and 40 uh, gross profit on every services or every project that we have. Number two, we have a responsible waste management unit. This is talking about a collection services. So we got paid by our customer to collect their waste and we will provide management to treatment the waste and we publish a report for our client. Within this, we have two revenue. Number one, got paid from the waste collection and every waste that can be uh, treated and create add value, we will sell to the off-taker. In example, like food waste, we are creating black soldier flies operation. Food waste is one of the biggest composition in Indonesia, 45%. So what we do with this food waste, we are creating black soldier flies to increase the adding value and speed the process to reduce the food waste. And we sell this uh, larva of black soldier flies to a feed meal company for fish meal, for poultry, chicken, duck, and everything. It's very good and circular business. Number three is our recycling trading business. So this is... Uh, the part of the waste credit come from. We are collaborate with the waste collector that they already segregate like paper, like cardboard or plastic. And we help them to create a platform that we will mix, mix and match the material with the buyer of or of the off-taker. So we become the aggregator and we record all the data. And the revenue from that, there is two, selling the material and selling the data. So in average, in all our operation, we still have around 30 to 35 gross profit. In your opinion, um, I know in, in previous conversations, we, we spoke about this um, a bit, but what are the most inspirational case studies of innovation waste management? I know previously in the past, you had mentioned Taiwan, but could you kind of give us a, a bit more uh color on that? So we learn a lot from a journal, a research, case study, and everything. A finding that very interesting for us is Taiwan. They have a similar problem like Indonesia like 20, 30 years ago, just only open dumping, the collection rate not reach 100%, the treatment rate also very low. What they do, they have three approaches. Number one, they are investing very clever and strategic on the law enforcement. Why? Because law enforcement creating an urgency and needs to change. Yeah, And it's a mandatory action. Number two, they start from early childhood education. Number three, they are investing on all the value chain, on the collection, treatment, and also managing waste better. Kind of talking about encouraging or, or troubling trends uh, in general, how can we catalyze change on an institutional level? I think what SCV do, it's really good. Uh, you, you have a vision to support an entrepreneur or a venture that have an impact 
on ESG, mostly on environment, and you take a risk to see that the change it will be happen with a good also support to set up a good business model to become a sustainable for the venture or for the entrepreneur. So this is something that we need to see more and more as an ecosystem yeah, in Indonesia or even in a global level. We call it like a climate tech ecosystem because it's a depressing issue and very challenging issue to solve climate change in a many level. We are talking air pollution, we are talking flood, we are talking about waste, we are talking about forestry and everything. But how the solution can be a sustainable business model and provide change, creating a better livelihood, creating more green jobs. So this is something that I think we need to see in, in institutional level that we need to convince the government and also a private sector, corporate level and have abundance of resources to invest more to this climate tech ecosystem. Very well said. With that, that's the close of our session for today. Thank you so much, Sano, for sharing your journey and being such an inspirational founder, paving the way for more entrepreneurs to enter the waste management space for a cleaner Indonesia. I wish all the best for Waste for Change and want to also say congrats on recently celebrating your eighth anniversary. Thank you, Lauren.